This is a production of NTEU Chapter 49, representing most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. My name is Larry Lannon. I'm a volunteer with Chapter 49 and a retiree. And just, what, I guess three or four weeks ago, Duncan Giles, our chapter president, and I discussed having a podcast. This is our fourth podcast in the series that we are hoping will continue to be a weekly series. So Duncan Giles, welcome once again. Uh, just to remind people, I am in my home and you are in your office in downtown Indianapolis. Yep. Good afternoon, Larry. And yes, we are practicing social distancing by golly. Yeah. And I've got guests in my home. I'm even wearing a mask and you can still understand me. So things are, <laughs> we're, we're finding ways around uh, this and trying to stay as safe as we can for our sake and, and those of others. And that is at the center of what NTU and IRS are trying to work out now as we try to determine when people will be coming back to work, deal with the people who are have been working all along by working from home. There are so many issues to be worked out. I know you had a, a conference call with other chapter presidents and our national president for the union, Tony Reardon. So uh, we'll drill, drill down into some of the details. Would you like to give an overview on what important information you learned from that call? The biggest thing that's going to impact state of Indiana employees is as of right now, and this is being recorded on a Thursday afternoon, so Thursday evening it could change, but as of this moment, uh, there are no plans to call back anyone else in the state of Indiana to a POD. That's, that's the big takeaway we've gotten so far. Well, let me ask you this question, because I just talked to somebody today who works uh, in the TAS office, and that's just one part of the service that is going to have this issue. Almost every part of the service, to, to a larger or lesser extent, has got to deal with this whole issue of mail that is piled up for over a month. So has there been any discussion about how employees are going to be able to, to, to deal with these gigantic piles of mail that have not been looked at by anyone for weeks? Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of prayer going on. <laughs> <laughs> that may be the best solution, right? Uh, so I, I, everybody will have to pitch in to, to go through the mail. Is that kind of what you expect? Or does, is there any indication or inkling of that? There are certain groups uh, that have gone in and uh, put a little bit of a dent in, you know, people coming in for maybe an hour or so picking up cases or their mail or something of that nature. But that's putting an extremely small dent in it. Uh, it's it's just going to be one of those things that once everybody does return to the offices, uh, it's going to be a long time uh, to get that whittled down. And I think that's why that they're recalling those employees and those uh, three service centers to start getting down some of those semi-loads of mail. Okay, we're starting to get, uh, we're breaking up a little bit, but uh, I think we got most of what you were saying. Now, uh, I think everybody knows, because there was a big uh, media splash about this, that IRS is now beginning to call back employees in Kentucky, Texas, and Utah. Of course, the closest one a state of those three is Kentucky. Do we have any inkling what's going on in Kentucky at the moment? Do we ever have any inkling of what's going on? In <laughs> uh, the reason that those three particular states were, uh, were targeted and basically said that's where the IRS said that's where they're going to start recalling employees is because of the service centers 
that are there. Now, Kentucky, which has the, quote, service center of Kentucky, doesn't do submission processing anymore, but they still do a lot of business returns. They'll deal with 941s and things of that nature. So I think that they've started bringing those folks back to answer phones in their different units and to, again, uh, start working on that mail that's become such a backlog. So, uh, yeah, that's interesting. So in Indiana, there's just nothing in the pipeline. If, if you're anxious to get back to your office, and I'm not sure if anybody does, but there are probably some people out there who are for a number of reasons, uh, don't be uh, sitting by your phone or email waiting for a, an order to come in. It's not likely to happen any time soon. That's what I'm hearing you say. Uh, every indication I've gotten from uh, sources with NTU and management sources that I've talked to, and I've talked to a considerable amount, there is nothing going on right now for reopening in the state of Indiana. They did ask for volunteers at the Indianapolis call site to come back. A uh, very, very, very small number uh, did so, but we're hearing nothing about that opening up, the federal building opening up, or any of the posts of duties opening back up as of this time. And as a matter of fact, what uh, facilities is doing right now is taking all of the uh, the PPE, what they call masks, uh, sanitizer, things of that nature, they're sending that to the three states that are going to be opened and ordering more for everybody else. Well, the, the question I would ask then is uh, the people who are working the phones at the call center who were issued laptops and uh, uh, were told to work from home, the last uh, figure I think you, you were given was 22. Are they still working? Are they able to get up? And Have you hearing any feedback as to how that's working or not working? Uh, well, as many expected it would, there are an awful lot of bumps in the road. Mainly the problem has come from a lack of headsets. Uh, you know, I heard that headsets had been ordered, headsets were supposed to be delivered, headsets showed up, and then nobody was there at the particular place that they were delivered to, so they were sent back. Um, so they had to re-deliver headsets, and employees are now starting to pick those up. But it's becoming an issue of, okay, do I have the internet connection? Is there a quiet place in my home, depending upon how many other people are living there or animals, that I'm able to do this without distraction or disclosure? So have not gotten any numbers yet on if there are any more or less than 22, but my strong suspicion is, is that there have been a few that have dropped out. You know, I was watching cable TV earlier today, and there was some uh, world-renowned uh, doctor talking about coronavirus. Of course, he was speaking from his home, and his dog just wouldn't stop barking. <laughs> you know, it's like everybody is dealing with this issue of trying to work uh, from your home. I do want to bring something else up uh, that you and I have talked about on a previous podcast. Didn't have a lot of answers, but I'm not sure what we know now. There is still this issue of people who are on uh, weather and safety leave who are being paid to stay home essentially because of the closure of the offices. Well, what happens when people are called back and do not have, the, of course, schools is ending in a lot of places, but daycare is not available. All these daycares have decided to close down. They're not sure when they'll open up again. So with that in mind and these problems on the horizon, 
what is happening, uh, and I think it's all happening at the national level, but anything else you can tell us would be appreciated. Uh, what What is the service, what are the, what's NTU National trying to talk to IRS about in terms of trying to solve these problems? NTU National realizes that child care is one of the huge, huge issues that is out there. And it's for folks who are on weather and safety leave and also folks who are doing full-time telework at their homes that, you know, if they came back in, if they're field employees and came in, they'd have no place to put their children. Like, as you said, the child care is uh, not available in a lot of places. Schools are out, so they don't know what they're going to do. We've asked that the IRS uh, look at admin leave. So far, they've been very resistant to do anything the IRS has said that PM, Office of Personnel Management, who controls all of the personnel decisions for the federal government, has said there is nothing really out there uh, for this type of situation. They are trying. They said they would go back to OPM to ask for further guidance, but right now, all you have is the 80 hours of emergency sick leave that can be, you know, is it two thirds that is capped at a maximum of two-thirds of your pay, and you're taking your own leave or leave without pay. National NTU does not feel that these are really good solutions, and so we're trying to push IRS to think outside the box. Well, and the thing that uh, uh, concerns, and I've expressed this to you, and you and I have discussed this in recent days, the biggest danger to the service, and I think the management of the service really needs to think this through, is that if these child care issues cannot be solved, and we're talking about employees that are put in situations they never imagined, it's not like it's, it's totally in their control, and there are going to be some people working for IRS that just may leave the service, some people who are quite good at their jobs, and it'll be very expensive to replace and train up and so forth. So has... Has that argument been made or discussed uh, between National NTU and the IRS, to your knowledge? Absolutely, that, that argument has been made. I think that that IRS is not unsympathetic. They just feel that their hands are tied and there's not much that they believe that they can do for these employees. It's not that they're being hard-hearted, because I firmly believe that some of the folks in IRS management that are uh, dealing with these issues nationally are impacted as well. But there's they keep saying that legally there is nothing that can be done for this situation. And we've just got to continue to strive to look for creative solutions any way we can or, you know, ask Congress to try and address this. Well, the uh, how should I put this? We have three states that are coming back to work. Uh, we mentioned them again, Kentucky, Texas, and Utah. Uh, those people are going to need masks and any other equipment they may, may need based on the nature of their work. Uh, do you think how the service does or does not provide that will give us a hint as what's in store for all of us later? I think that could be a very good indicator. Um, you know, people are worried about cleaning, naturally so. I can tell you that I have noticed uh, at the Indianapolis Federal Building that they daily do uh, cleaning of uh, door handles and other commonly touched objects. Uh, whether that's going to be done in all PODs, if it's not a federal building, uh, 
and you know, to the extent that it's going to be kept up, I think that's a very interesting question. Everybody is in agreement that the cleaning needs to be done well. How they're going to be able to stay on top of it is going to be the key. Well, uh, do you think or have you had any indication as to whether gloves, uh, rubber gloves will be given out because uh, that would mean that, you know, maybe that the cleaning has to be done, but if you're touching surfaces and you have those gloves on, you should at least be uh, protected to a large extent. So when you talk about this PPE, which this is this, an acronym for what protects you in this situation, masks have been discussed. Have gloves been discussed? Uh, I think gloves were discussed very early on, and then it's come out that um, from places like the CDC that if unless you're using disposable gloves and throwing them away after every single thing that you do, you know, if you open a door, you should throw those gloves away. If you're opening a uh, another door, then you put another set of gloves on and, and uh, throw those away. Because of the fact that they say frequent hand washing is much, much better and using wipes as opposed to gloves is a better alternative, I don't believe that they're looking at gloves. They're looking at masks. They're looking at wipes uh, because they don't want to do uh, sprays. And those, those are the main two things that they are looking at. And when it comes to cubicles, they're going to be asking employees to take responsibility for their own uh, actions. They're going to hopefully provide the materials needed to clean your keyboard or your desk area or something of that nature. But they're not going to have the cleaning crews go in and individually do those. Now, last time we talked, we almost joked about this, but I'm going to ask you a serious question this time. Uh, if you think about it, if you have a large office, even Indianapolis is, is one example, Merrillville, the, a few others, and you go to a campus that you're talking thousands of people at tax time, one positive test can close the whole place down for a long time. Is the service exploring at all any way? And I know it's difficult to get this, but are they looking at any kind of testing program? Is it even on the discussion sheet? Well, it's on our, it's on NTU's discussion sheet for darn sure. Uh, we keep bringing it up. IRS is saying that they just are not equipped to do the testing, to take temperatures, anything of that nature. So at this point, they've been pretty adamant that they just can't do it. It's not a matter of them not wanting to do it. They just say that they are simply not able to. I see. So, and I understand it. It's very difficult to get the testing equipment and, and the follow up. So I'm, I mean, I'm not being critical. I'm just saying is so NTU is pushing it, and the IRS is saying, hey, you know, just not available. That's what I'm hearing now. Uh, that's correct. Yeah, this is not an. This is not an a. Uh, yeah, we do have a lot of disagreements with. IRS, but this is not that type of disagreement. This is more like this is outside of our bailiwick. We're not prepared to do this. We're not, we don't think legally we can do this. So we're just not able. Yeah. Speaking of disagreements, um, NTU has been uh, conducting uh, conference calls three times a week with officials uh, of the IRS at a high level. Um, they've been doing this three times a week. That has been continuing. And I think the idea here is to try to work problems out on the front end. Things change very quickly, and if things can be worked out early and amicably, that's the way to do it. 
But uh, I think uh, you would like to point out, and I would ask you to, to comment on this, that even though there has been every effort to, to try to get these agreements early on for the sake of the employees and the service, uh, IRS and NTU have some major disagreements. There have already been some grievances filed over these disagreements. Talk about that. Yeah, we've uh, these calls Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Our director of negotiations, Ken Moffat, and assistant to uh, national president Tony Reardon, Doreen Greenwald, who uh, up until recently, when to, she retired at the end of the last year, was the chapter president of Wisconsin, uh, are on these calls. So we have two people that are very well versed talking to uh, the human capital office, and a lot of times business divisions, LB&I, SBSE, W&I, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays usually, and trying to work through issues. IRS supposed to be providing information, NTU bringing up issues with that or Just take a deep breath, if you will, Duncan. We're uh, having a few little connection problems here. Just go back and just kind of repeat what you said the last uh, minute or so. Yeah, we're having a discussion Monday, Wednesday, and Friday between a couple of very good NTU uh, national folks who are very plugged in with IRS, high-level IRS folks from HCO, the Human Capital Office, and our business units most of the time they're on, to try and get information out. They give us information. We ask questions. If we have issues, we see problems, we bring those up as well. And so we through those, but sometimes we just agree to agree. We think things are not being done as they should. We've not hesitated to file national grievances on issues. What I'm hearing you say is that uh, you work them out if you can, if you cannot, that uh, formal process is still there, and it is being used, and that's the point I wanted you to make, that uh, NTU has not hesitated to go the formal process where they don't feel there's being progress made. And, and you are kind enough to send me some of the uh, summaries that the National Union provides once one of these uh, these briefings are held. And at least early on, and I think even some of them lately, uh, of the questions that are asked it's amazing how many we're not sure, we don't know, we'll check on this later that you get, that the service itself doesn't know the answer or is not being forthcoming in answering. Uh, what's your general overview of how that relationship is working and, and uh, the exchange of information at the national level? I think for the most part, it has been very good. I mean, it's always better to talk and exchange information, if at all possible. That's what we always want to do. So I think for the most part, it's worked well. But there are going to be issues that we're going to have disagreements on, even under pandemic conditions. There are contractual conditions that have to be met that sometimes are not being met. And so we want to make sure that, you know, we we both sides take in a professional manager, but each does what they believe they have to do. And I can tell you that issues from the ground up are being discussed in these calls because I know of several issues I brought up to National NTU that have ended up being discussed the next day. I want to ask about uh, one aspect we haven't discussed yet, and you indicated that was brought up uh, during this uh, conference call with the national president. 
That has to do with high-risk employees. We have a number of employees who are not young. They are maybe retired from another career, came to IRS to work uh, later on in their career. So there are a lot of people in age groups, or if not in just the age group, they have underlying health issues that puts them at very high risk uh, if they were to contract the coronavirus. How do you think that is being worked out or is it being worked out? Is IRS listening? Are they willing to make accommodations? What's your evaluation of that situation? I think IRS is listening to that. They are very mindful because the worst thing, as you alluded to earlier, is to have somebody come in, be sick, and have to shut down all over again. Uh, so I believe that they are listening. They are doing going to be doing social distancing. Uh the FMSS, the facilities folks, are supposed to be coordinating that between business divisions, figuring out who's going to be in where, how many people they're going to have. God bless them. I don't think the facilities folks are drinking enough to get that together. Um, but it's it's going to, you know, with people with high risk, they know that they don't want to bring those back, those folks back early. So they're being asked to self-certify. The folks that are coming back in Kentucky, Texas, and Utah, if they are high-risk individuals and are not teleworking um, and do have those, they're being asked to self-certify so they would not have to go back. And they would stay on weather and safety leave? That would be correct. Okay. That's very interesting. Uh, I think the biggest uh, concern here is its self-certification. We want to make sure you really could prove of need to, uh, to at a later time. You want to make sure you are, in fact, uh, high risk. If you are, you shouldn't go back to work. But uh, we don't have to worry about that yet here in Indiana. There is a rumor going around uh, Kansas City, again, one of the biggest processing centers still open for IRS in terms of submission processing. Lots of rumors are coming back to work soon. Uh, and you can put the, those uh, rumors uh, to bed. As far as you've checked at the highest levels, nothing to it so far. Is that correct? That is correct. It was uh, all of a sudden it popped up this morning. That there was a rumor that the Kansas City Service Center was going to open up on June 15th, two weeks later than uh, Kentucky, Texas, and Utah. This came out of nowhere. Nobody knew about it. I relate it to NTU National. They hadn't heard anything about it. We've not been able to confirm it yet. And that's the thing that we talk about when we see rumors come floating around and people start spreading them. The best thing to do is talk to the chapters, talk to your local chapters so they can confirm or deny it. Or if they haven't heard it, go to, hey, this is what we're hearing. Can you confirm or deny this for us? Yeah, and I think some of the managers, and, and I've been a manager, I understand how this works. Uh, sometimes they think they know and they don't, <laughs> just to be honest. And sometimes they're just asked a question that they don't really know and they try to offer an answer that may not be accurate. So I think this, this goes back to something you and I talked about in a previous podcast. If you do have a receive a, a rather strange or an answer that doesn't sound quite right from your own manager – might be a good idea to talk to your uh, local steward or talk to you as chapter president. Exactly so. There's just so much going on that management, like you said, gets garbled. It's not ill intention. It's just this is what they thought their understanding was, and it turns out that that is absolutely not correct. And so we need to make sure that 
everybody is getting factual information. And it, we're still in uncharted territory. Everybody's in this together. And I think that you as a chapter president and, and the union is looking at it from that point of view. We don't necessarily think people have evil intentions. It's just uh, it's chaotic out there. I want to ask you about something else. There's been some issues raised nationally. I don't know if it's happened locally, but uh, it's something that could happen locally eventually. Let's say uh, I am on weather and safety leave. I have been directed to come into the office. I have said I either cannot or, or just am not, you know, I don't have a proper setup to do telework. And all of a sudden, when uh, the direction is made to come back to the office, all of a sudden I say, well, you know, come to think of it, maybe I can telework. How's the service handling that so far? Uh, that's going to be something that the service has not really uh, said anything yet, pro or con. Uh, I know this is going to be discussed, uh, if not uh, this week, next week, with IRS basically saying, look, as these people start to come back, if they say we want to go ahead and spend the money to make us telework ready, then are they going to be allowed to do that? Uh, we don't know if there's going to be any equipment issue. We already know that there's a bandwidth issue for everybody, so I can't imagine that to have a huge impact there. But we just haven't gotten a yay or nay from the IRS on this particular issue. Okay. So to be determined, and uh, when it comes up, uh, everybody will have to figure out how to do that. Uh, FMLA is always an issue. The problem at the moment is that the people who make the decision at occupational health have not been working. Therefore, if you have an FMLA uh, application pending, there has been no medical judgment made of it. So how is the service and how is NTEU uh, representing employees in situations where, you, let's say, you have to extend a, an existing FMLA uh, position that you have out there needs to be re uh, renewed and you're having trouble getting it renewed even though nothing has really changed. What can you say about what's going on, if anything, in, in that regard? Yeah, that's one of those things where federal occupational health is working, but they're working from home so they don't have access where an employee would fax in their information. They don't have access to that fax machine. It's just now starting to come around where they're going to be able to accept it through a secured zip file on email. But basically, we've been talking to the IRS and saying, look, if this is a chronic continuing condition, shouldn't they be just allowed to self-apply during the pandemic to FMLA? Because it's not like you're going to be able to get into a doctor right now just to say, hey, I just need my FMLA and see me for that, right? There's nothing else going on. Yeah. Um, it's just a difficult situation. So far, the IRS has said no to that, uh, but we're going to continue to press this just because it's a common sense type issue. Yeah, it's like, you know, yeah, there, there, since there's no way to get the documentation, we're just going to deny you. That's not acceptable. So we, um, you feel that it's probably going to take a formal action to get this settled. Would that be your, your feeling at this time? I believe that's where it's probably going to end up going, yes. Okay, our, our time is almost up. We may go over just a little bit here, but it's interesting. You had promised to send me a summary of this conference call today so we could discuss that, but I've been doing some other things. You had a series of other developments that have happened since that conference call. So could you just summarize some of the uh, latest developments you're, uh, you're seeing that have uh, come to your attention? 
Well, one of the main things is, as of right now, there hasn't been any uh, indication that anything, any other PODs in the state of Indiana, aside from the volunteers who are going to the call site, has uh, been set up to open. There's no target date or anything of that nature. And they've also said that even when, apparently, when some of these PODs open, uh, for things like tax or field folks, that there's not going to be the, you know, the tax is not going to be open to the public. So a lot of those folks are probably still, if they're teleworking now, they're probably going to continue to do that. And I would imagine the same is going to be held for the uh, folks in the field who are teleworking now. I don't foresee in the immediate future that they're going to have that requirement to report back to the post of duty uh, twice a pay period. Yeah, which had been in the contract and has been waived. I think the service realized they had to do that in this situation. So where that goes is anybody's guess. Correct. Okay. Correct. Uh, any, uh, anything else you want to add? I, I know there have been some overtime issues. I don't know if you want to deal with that now or if there are any anything else you want to uh, just kind of uh, uh, update people on before we wrap this up. Well, I do know that uh, for call site employees, there have been, uh, you know, overtime is going to be offered for a couple of pay periods to uh, to work phone work strictly. Um, so we, you know, keep an eye out for that. And, you know, we've asked, we continue to ask the IRS to, um, you know, any anything that they can do to help with cleaning, with health issues, making sure they're social distancing. Um, you know, the IRS has said, well, you know, we're putting up a lot of signs about, you know, what you should do if you don't feel well. You know, we're, we're, we're not saying that that's the end all and be all. Uh, you know, we, we want the IRS to be, to err as much as possible for the safety of employees. That's, that's the bottom line. And I do think to a lesser degree than NTU, but overall that the IRS shares that as well. Well, Duncan, uh, so I don't forget again, uh, just to once again remind people how one can get in touch with you. Can be reached uh, during work hours at area code 317-613-1731 via email at duncan.giles, G-I-L-E-S at irs.gov or after hours or on the weekend via email at nteu49 at aol.com. And as always, make sure that you're checking out our Facebook page where we get the, where you put out a great deal of information, do a wonderful job at NTU Chapter 49. Yeah, NTU Chapter 49, uh, Indiana is how that's listed in Facebook. You broke up there at the end and just something we have to deal with. But uh, I found a very interesting article, which I had, we had some glitches on the Facebook page, didn't get it up right away. But there was a very interesting article in the Washington Post in yesterday's edition, I believe it was, uh, about the challenges IRS is having uh, with all this. I I found that it was one of the best uh, pieces of journalism I've seen on the IRS for a while. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of struggles going on because... You know, there's not a lot of information that was left over from the 18 pandemic, 1918 pandemic. <laughs> uh, there, there just there isn't a roadmap for something like this, and so everybody's trying to figure it out as we go and do the best that we can 
for employees and for the taxpayers out there. Yeah, and I think this this is a this this is what happens when you have years of budget cuts and years of staff cuts. Uh, this is when the this is when it all comes to roost. Uh, you really need the IRS, and all of a sudden they're struggling to get getting getting it done somehow. I mean, it's amazing how our people are able to get this done. But uh, I think we're seeing uh, that the main uh, the thrust I got from that article is it's amazing IRS can do what it's doing considering what it's been through and how Congress has not always supported it with with staffing and, and with budget. We are making the best of a bad situation. And we've been doing it to a different type of degree for years. And now we're just pushing through. And the folks who are out there working telework every day or volunteering to come in are doing a great job under a lot of pressure. And I can't be more appreciative of their efforts. Anything, any last uh, comment before we wrap it up? Everybody just stay safe and healthy. And I hope that everyone has a great Memorial Day three-day weekend. Yeah, thank you. If you're listening before the weekend, uh, please do that. Uh, we had been dropping these on Tuesday afternoons. Uh, each week we decided to put this off until Thursday because uh, we knew some developments would be happening today. So we're not sure which day we'll be uh, posting these podcasts, but we will make every effort to make sure there's something for you once a week. Duncan Giles, again, you stay safe. You have a good week as well. Thank you very much, Larry. You do the same.